Welcome everyone. I'm Sue Barber, author, former IT director for a Fortune 500 company, turn executive coach, and this is the Visibility Factor podcast, where we explore how to raise your visibility and play bigger at work and in life. We'll explore key topics and welcome guests that help you shift your thinking about yourself so you can see new possibilities for your leadership. I'm on a mission to create a visibility movement for leaders to show their value and be seen for their true talent. Are you ready to take the next step towards a higher level of visibility for yourself? Let's go. Hello everyone, this is Sue Barber. Welcome back to the Visibility Factor podcast. In today's episode, we are going to talk about fear and imposter syndrome, how it can impact your success, and the six types of imposter syndrome from my book, The Visibility Factor. I devoted an entire chapter in the book to this topic because it is that important. So many people suffer from at least one of these types of imposter syndrome and don't realize how it is holding them back. I had no idea that I operated with imposter syndrome on a regular basis. I didn't believe in myself and see the value that I had to offer. Just like me, there are so many leaders who also have this and have so much potential, but don't believe how great they are, no matter how many people tell them that they are amazing. This is one of the top chapters that I ask people to read and reread. I am excited to talk to you about this today to help you see how imposter syndrome can challenge and impact everything that you do. This awareness will help you move past it and take action to break this habit. So before we get into imposter syndrome, I wanted to share a little bit about some research I did when I was putting together the book and how fear plays a role in imposter syndrome. The Center for Creative Leadership did a study of three major companies that took place over several years. In 73% of the cases, the deciding factor to give someone a role was that the person who made those decisions had visibility to the person who could possibly get the role. They could see what that person was doing. They trusted them. They saw that they had the right capabilities. And so that's why it's important for leaders who are looking for new opportunities to be in front of their leadership, because those are the people who are going to ultimately make the decision. When someone talks about you, whether that's a manager, whether that's someone else in the room, you want to make sure that those people are talking in a positive way about you. And they can't always do that if you're not in front of them, showing them what you can do. So being visible is the what you need to do. Creating the visibility for yourself is the how. So what prevents people from using their voice and being visible? Many fears get in the way. I had many of these myself. Fear of failure, fear of saying the wrong thing, fear of success, fear of judgment, fear of criticism, fear of conflict, fear of not being smart enough, fear of not having enough experience. And fear is ultimately just your ego trying to keep you safe. And this definitely happened to me. I didn't want to be judged. I didn't want to say the wrong thing and have the spotlight on me and everyone look at me. I had questions about whether I knew as much as other people in the room. And so that's why I sat in the back of the room and was more invisible. I wasn't speaking up. And I didn't realize at the time, but those fears don't have to be real unless you make them real. You have a choice. You can change that thought in your head from the fear-based thought to something more positive and empowering for you. And you can grow more than you ever thought you could. Fear and resistance just keeps you small. And it was something that I was unaware of. I was kind of operating on automatic pilot and I didn't realize how much it was paralyzing me and preventing me from speaking up. One of my clients shared a story with me where she was up doing a presentation and she was so worried about what everyone was thinking about her that she literally was paralyzed and didn't know what to say next. And ultimately that creates an impression with people, right, of whether or not she's ready for the next step. 
So she almost created her own situation there where she needed to find a way to move past it. And so we had to coach on what's really going on in her head. Because until you can clear what's happening in your head, you can't take new action. It impacts your confidence. It creates self-doubt. And that inner critic in your head is really loud sometimes. That inner critic says a lot of things that are not always nice. Sometimes we call them the mean girls or those mean boys that are talking about things that you listen to instead of ignoring. It prevents you from showing your value to leadership. And it's going to hold you back from sharing ideas, recommendations, and decisions. And those are the things that your management needs to see from you in order for you to get promoted. It will limit you from promotions and opportunities to take on additional responsibility. And ultimately, all of these things make you feel like an imposter. So let's talk about what imposter syndrome is. If you haven't heard of it before, imposter syndrome was first identified in 1978 by Dr. Pauline Clance and Dr. Suzanne Imes. They found that this challenge impacts overachieving women who try to fit in and be perfect. High-achieving women attributed their success to mistakes, luck, or due to the fact that someone hadn't yet figured out that they didn't belong where they were. Although this initial work was focused on women, it actually happens to a lot of men as well. This was happening for me back when I first took on a management role. And I remember seeing a lot of people around me doing things and I thought, gosh, I don't even know if I'm in in the right role for myself. I don't know if I can be successful at this. And so I lived with a lot of doubt in my head and didn't even realize how much it was impacting my actions and keeping me small. There's an article by Vanessa Van Edwards called Imposter Syndrome, Five Ways to Overcome It and Thrive. And she wrote this in a, in a magazine called Science of People. And it says, no matter how successful someone is on the outside or how much external evidence there is of their skills or competence, people with imposter syndrome are convinced that they don't deserve the success that they've achieved. And it impacts over 70% of people in the U.S. at some point in their career. So imagine that. 70% of people are walking around on a daily basis wondering whether or not they're doing the right thing wondering whether or not they're in the right role. And they're living with doubt and questioning themselves. Now that may be happening to you or it may be happening to someone who works for you. And I want to talk about this because I can see the signs now in people who have imposter syndrome because I've been working with people who do this. But if you're a manager who's not been exposed to this before, it may be new for you. And I want you to understand what some of the things are. And I'm going to be talking about it at a high level today so that you can start to look for those things. And if you see them in someone who's working for you, have a conversation about it. What are some ways that imposter syndrome can show up for leaders? Usually it happens when you're starting a new role or you have doubts about your ability to succeed in a role that you have. You're doing comparison with other leaders or you don't feel like you're good enough. Language is a big piece. They use language that diminishes their work and their value. I have a client who tends to talk about himself in a negative way. He puts himself down. He doesn't think he's adding value. He's not sure what he's doing and how he can talk to the senior leadership team. And so all of that language creates a perception about him that maybe he's not ready for the next step. Maybe he doesn't know as much as he thinks he does. And so we talk about how can you change that language for yourself? And by the way, it doesn't just happen in your work life. It's happening in your personal life. Whether or not you realize it or not, you're one person. And it happens in both places. So we've talked a lot about how to help him shift his language into a more positive way and really help him see himself in a different way, which ultimately helps others see him differently. They don't say what they really think for fear of not being liked. This happens to a lot of people. A lot of people are concerned about whether they're being liked in the organization, about whether their direct reports like them or not. 
And so they may hold back on what they really think or what they're really thinking. And that prevents people from hearing what they need to hear. I'm teaching at an offsite soon. And one of the things that we're going to talk about is how to speak straight, how to have tough conversations, how to make sure that you're actually doing this in the best way where you're not going to break relationships. But it's important that you do speak straight and say what you're thinking. And for many, and this was definitely my situation, I played it safe. I stayed in my comfort zone. I didn't want to have any failure. I didn't want to have anybody calling me out for something. So I didn't do what I needed to do. People who feel like imposters operate with fear, a lack of confidence, and they just don't see their own value. Brene Brown, who many of you know, best-selling author, shame and vulnerability researcher and professor, says leaders must either invest a reasonable amount of time attending to fears and feelings or squander an unreasonable amount of time trying to manage ineffective and unproductive behavior. What this says is these fears are going to continue to show up unless you deal with them. You have to resolve them. I wanted to talk to you today about a few ideas to do that. Before we get into those suggestions, though, I wanted to share with you the types of imposter syndrome that I included in my book. I created names for them, but I will also give you the more generalized names that you can recognize. The first one is agreeable accommodator. You may know it as people-pleasing. These are people who will ultimately agree to whatever someone else suggests. They will do things that they don't want to do, like go to dinner with someone or go to an event that they're really not interested in going in, but they don't want to upset the other person. And what that does is ultimately make them miserable, right? They're going to an event that they don't even want to be at, but they're doing it so that this other person isn't upset. It's not really a good reason. People who are people pleasers will tend to hold back their thoughts, like I mentioned earlier, but they're also not doing the best thing for their team. They're not helping their team grow and they're not setting a good example. So trying to move past people-pleasing and move towards being respected is far more important for a leader to do. The next one is just can't say no, or you may know it as boundaries. I definitely have had my share of challenges with keeping boundaries. Some examples might be where you're holding time on your calendar to do something for yourself. Someone else needs that time. They set it up on your calendar. And instead of saying, you know what, I've already got this time reserved for something that I'm working on, a project or a report, you give it away to them. That's not holding your boundaries. That is giving your time to everyone else and valuing them more than you value yourself. The next one is image judger, or you may know it as a comparer or someone who's in comparison. These are the people who think everyone else is better than them, smarter than them, that they know more, that they're more valuable than I am. And it's not easy for someone who does that, especially in the world of social media right now, to see that they can trust themselves, that they know the right answers if they just slow down and listen to what they think is the right answer. I have some leaders that I ask to do this. Before you talk to anyone else, think about it for yourself. What do you think the right answer is? Because once you know that, then you can say, okay, let me get some input. Let me get some feedback from other people and decide if you want to change that initial opinion. But without that, you're just getting a lot of information from a lot of different people and it gets kind of muddled up in your head. So I would ask you to think about that for yourself. Are you listening to everyone else or are you trusting yourself? Diminished and devalued. This is playing small. I've talked a lot about this for myself, and I mentioned it earlier for one of my clients who's not talking in the best way about himself and his value. 
I didn't realize for myself that I was allowing other people to devalue the work I was doing at times, telling me that it wasn't good enough, telling me that I could do better when I'd already done so much on it. And it really was much better than I thought it was. I let them talk me out of that. I let them tell me it wasn't good enough instead of standing up for myself and saying, actually, I think this is really good. They might have backed down if I had done that. Delayer and avoider, which is procrastination. This is one that I think a lot of people start probably in high school or college where they start to delay studying for a test or writing a paper. I definitely had that. It's a way to put off the things that you don't want to do. But for people with imposter syndrome, it's actually a way to avoid being criticized. It's a way for you to never start something if you don't feel confident about it. If you feel insecure about doing something new, you will push it off as far as you can until you absolutely have to do it. And then it may not be as good as it could have been if you had just started earlier. And the last one is criticism avoider or perfectionist. I remember reading something that Brene Brown had put out about this and I never thought about it that way. Perfectionism for me, as I've mentioned, is a badge that I used to wear proudly. I used to think it was a really good thing to be a perfectionist. And I didn't realize how much that was holding me back and me just avoiding criticism and trying to be perfect, which is an illusion. I will say this repeatedly on this podcast. Perfectionism is an illusion. You can never attain it. All you have to do is do your best every day. And if you're doing that, you're doing great. So I'm wondering how you've been impacted by imposter syndrome. Do any of these six different types of imposter syndrome that I just mentioned resonate with you? Can you see something that you may have done or gone through throughout your career where imposter syndrome got in the way, held you back, kept you in fear, kept you playing small? I think I have gone through each and every one of those at different times of my career and didn't even realize that that was happening for me. So I want you to be open to the fact that it may be happening, but what could you do differently? to our rise and shine visibility tip now. For you who suffer from imposter syndrome, one of the best things to do to start to move past it is to capture your accomplishments. Capturing your accomplishments gives you the opportunity to start to see the things that you have done, the results that you've had, the successes that you've had that you may not realize. Most of the time, I think we take these things for granted and we just assume that it's part of our job, a part of what we're doing. But when you start to write them down on paper or you start to capture them online somehow, you will start to see the great things that you're doing. It starts to reinforce for your brain who may suffer from doubt and questioning whether or not you have everything you need to be successful, that maybe you do. If you look at that list, and I bet it's a longer list than you realize, you'll start to see how successful you really are. Do we all have things to work on? For sure. But that doesn't mean that we have to have doubts about our success. We can ask for help. We can do things to help ourselves get there. But writing down accomplishments is the first step to build awareness. And awareness is what helps us move past imposter syndrome and take action. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Visibility Factor podcast. I look forward to talking to you on the next one. Thanks so much for listening to the Visibility Factor podcast. Remember that visibility starts with small steps that are intentional and consistent each day. Be bold, be visible, be the leader you were meant to be. Find us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all of our social media platforms, which are highlighted in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Visibility Factor Podcast.